0: Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and
1: paste in first messages?
0: Because you are unique, and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Do you take vitamins every day and feel no difference? Do you have what I lovingly refer to as a supplement graveyard? You've took supplements for a few weeks, maybe a few months, don't really notice a difference, and then you add to this massive drawer of half-filled supplements. Your body actually makes it really hard sometimes to absorb nutrients, both from food, or from traditional supplements. So many things, from digestive conditions like celiac and IBS, to just overall not having great gut health, to taking medications like antibiotics and birth control pills, to even just being under a lot of stress, all can prevent you from absorbing vitamins and nutrients. With lipospheric supplements from Live On Labs, you can finally experience the benefits of high dose vitamins and minerals by outsmarting your body's absorption barriers. Live On Labs is the first dietary supplement company to use liposomal encapsulation technology, a method pioneered by pharmaceutical companies to deliver life saving drugs to the cells where they are needed. Lipospheric supplements offer a better way to absorb nutrients, including vitamin C, folate, B12, zinc, magnesium, and glutathione. The nutrients in lipospheric supplements are critical for optimal immune system function, long term brain health, metabolism, skin, and so much more. Limon Labs only uses ingredients necessary to make a safe and effective product. There's no sugar or artificial flavors, colors, or fillers in any lipospheric supplement. Plus, they're all vegan, gluten free and non-GMO. So how to take it? It's very simple. There's no more choking down pills with these. You just squeeze a packet into one to three ounces of any cold beverage and you take it like a healthy vitamin shot. Order any lipospheric supplement now from liveonlabs.com slash well, W-E-L-L, and get a free sample of all six products plus a free shot glass free shipping on all orders in the continental United States. That's liveonlabs.com well, L-I-V-O-N labs.com slash well. Hi, I'm Dr. Will Cole. This podcast is the manifesto for a new breed of health seekers. This is the art of being well. What's up everyone? It's Dr. Will Cole and welcome to The Art of Being Well. I am a leading functional medicine expert. I get to consult people around the world via webcam. I started one of the first functional medicine telehealth centers in the world over a decade ago and I'm a New York Times bestselling author. I wrote Intuitive Fasting, which is my newest book, and The Inflammation Spectrum, And ketotarian. If you want to learn more about my clinical work, the telehealth center, the books, and there's lots of free resources there as well, you can check it all out at drwillcole.com. All right, let's get to today's guest. He is a brilliant human being. I love him so much. His name is Dr. Julius Few. Dr. Few received his medical degree from the University of Chicago Pritzker School of Medicine and completed his residency in general surgery at the University of Michigan Medical Center, followed by a plastic surgery training at Northwestern University. In addition, Dr. Few received special facial and eye cosmetic training in Honolulu, New York, and Atlanta. Dr. Few serves as a clinical professor for the division of plastic surgery at the University of Chicago and director of the cosmetic rotation. He is on staff at Northwestern University where he is a health systems clinician. In addition, he is a past president of the Illinois Society of Plastic Surgeons. Basically, this man is the real deal. He's a freaking genius. And you're going to learn so much from him in today's conversation. Dr. Few can be seen across leading media channels, including CBS News, ABC News, 2020, Good Morning America, CNN, NBC News, the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, Health Magazine, basically everywhere, WebMD. (laughs) I mean, this man is the leading expert in all things plastic surgery, all things health and wellness, non-invasive things as well that we can do to look our best, feel our best, have a radiant, youthful glow. We're going to learn so much from Dr. Few today. We're going to learn about the latest cutting edge technology in lasers and non-invasive skincare. We're going to talk about CBD and other natural ways to get that healthy glow and get your skin looking great. And be sure to stay tuned through the entire conversation that I have with Dr. Few because I answer one of your burning health questions in another Ask Me Anything. All right, let's get to the conversation. Dr. Julius Few, my friend, I'm so excited that we're talking on the podcast together.
1: I'm excited to be here with you, Dr. Will.
0: Uh, I have so much stuff that I want to pick your brain about, and I know people are going to love to geek out about all things wellness and skincare and beauty and advancements and technology. There's so much stuff. So let's start with... Skincare overall, just things that people do on a daily basis. What are we doing wrong? What what do you wish that people knew about when it comes to what a good skincare routine looks like?
1: Well, I, I think overall what I wish everybody knew, frankly, I wish I knew before I got into healthcare were some very basic realities. Number one, our skin is our largest organ. So all the great work you do to kind of teach us about the importance of the internal kind of health, it ultimately translates to the outer health. So Mm -hmm. I think skin really, if we look at it, what we try to do internally really should be matched by what we do externally. That's number one. Number two is the idea that our skin actually has built in natural protective factors that are good. And so anything we do in skincare, it shouldn't really in any way, shape or form interfere with that. And so many of the things, much like diet, so many of the things that we do to our skin actually can interfere with that natural protective ability, which is quite powerful, you know, generated over many, many generations. So I think that those are probably the two biggest factors. And then the third has to do with really being intuitive with your skin, just like you are with hopefully your lifestyle of intake internally. And so to me, if when we're looking at skincare, it should really be in line with something that that actually feels good. You should not be doing anything that at the end of the day in a daily routine, you feel like, my God, I feel this feels awful. So mm-hmm. Those are the, really the core tenants. So when I developed the a skin line, really what we were trying to do, I was trying to come up with something that really would work for my skin, which is very sensitive, which I've had challenges throughout my life and I have found various ways to kind of get there.
0: I love that. So let's talk about a beauty. How did it come about? I mean, obviously you mentioned things that could work for all skin types, sensitive skin types, but what was the, the genesis of it? What made you want to develop this line?
1: Yeah, so the, the real genesis for me as a board-certified plastic surgeon who has I've been involved in a lot of development roles in terms of products, whether it be various fillers, forms of Botox, and so on over the years. And, you know, a, a true kind of geeked-out clinical researcher, I realized that much of skincare back and you have to go back 20 years it was really more in line with especially medical grade you have to break it down and then build it back up so a lot of skincare was focused on getting rid of the natural internal protective factors of the skin and then trying to build it back up again my view which it just it made sense was number one, that puts the skin at a lot of risk because when you break down all the barriers, you can get weird things. You can get acne, you can get pigmentation issues, you can get irritation that takes weeks or months to get better. So what I kind of started looking at was really botanicals and what can botanicals do to actually work synergistically with the skin. So for example, sebum, which is the oil in our skin, actually is one of the most naturally powerful antimicrobial, so antibacterial, antifungal, antiviral substances on the planet. Number two is the idea that ultimately when we, when we look at our skin, if you break down these natural factors, sebum being one, but the other being the delicate pH balance in the skin, mm-hmm. And you're again, you're making the skin more susceptible to unwanted side effects. So what I came up with through a lot of like hard found clinical research, some of which I've done is really coming up with core ingredients, which are natural, that have antioxidant pro healing capability that actually don't deplete the skin of its vital elements. So that's really where a came from, a meaning to begin or the beginning. And it's really just taking us back to, okay, if our skin is its most like delicate or in its most delicate phase, what can we do to come up with a product line that will support that?
0: Element is a tasty electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing you don't. That means lots of salt with no sugar. Element is formulated to help anyone with their electrolyte needs and is perfectly suited to folks following a keto, low-carb, or paleo diet. Element contains a science-backed electrolyte ratio, 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, and 60 milligrams of magnesium, with none of the junk, no sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no gluten, no fillers, no BS. I drink element every day, whether I'm intermittent fasting or not. But specifically, when I'm intermittent fasting, I'm definitely having a little bit more element in my life because it's a great way to make my fast easier. I feel freaking amazing during my fast drinking element. But even when I'm not fasting, it's a great way to make sure you're hydrated for optimal energy throughout your busy day. Electrolyte deficiencies or imbalances of electrolytes can cause symptoms like headaches. Cramps, fatigue, and weakness. And also, electrolytes play a critical role in many other health conditions and serve many other functions throughout the body. People that have POTS, which is postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, which I see a lot of cases of, definitely electrolytes can be a game changer for people with POTS, for people that want to support their brain and their mental health. It's definitely needed for people that are breastfeeding and regulating your appetite and curbing cravings. And as a member of our community, Element has a very special offer for you. Claim your free Element sample pack. You only cover the cost of shipping. Get yours at drinkelement.com/artofbeingwell. Again, that's drink l being n t.com/artofbeingwell.
1: Hi, I'm Shanae Alexander, host of Press Send, a podcast, and more importantly, a safe and hilarious place for candid conversations about the scary, funny, heartbreaking, but always intriguing questions that make us all human. Each week, me and a new best friend you haven't met yet field your questions across any and all topics and offer our take on the matter. With plenty of humor, heart, and badassery along the way, we launch a new episode of Press Send every Wednesday. We'll see you there.
0: Let's talk about some of those botanicals and ingredients that you use I have some compelling research that you even, like you've mentioned, were a part of and buzzwords that people will maybe know of, they'll recognize, but they don't know what it could do for our skin. So let's talk about it. CBD, you use that green tea, polyphenols, um, and caffeine. Why, why should people, let's get them excited about why these ingredients are used.
1: So I'll start with the most basic and then move into the more more advanced and kind of our most exciting current research. So caffeine and in particular, the phytophenols that are found in green tea extract, cucumber extract, and so on. These are naturally occurring botanicals that actually much like, and the best way to think of it is. When our skin is fighting a challenge, whether it's sun-related damage, or the just pollution in the, in the environment, or the like, or even internal challenges, one of the core building blocks in terms of that fight is actually the polyphenol. So what that does, just by bringing it, and again, bringing it in a way that is not artificially manufactured, but bringing it in a natural way to the skin, is actually to allow the skin to more effectively fight an issue. Much like when, you know, like I've learned a bit more about vitamin D, how important vitamin D is both. And, and that came up a lot with, you know, virology around COVID. The idea that, you know, if you have a low vitamin D level, that puts you at more risk. Well, the same is true for topical care. If you have a lower level of exposure to these kind of phytochemicals, what, what ends up happening is the body is trying to extract it from its internal environment to get it to the skin, which is not as efficient. So being able to deliver it on top actually makes it easier for the skin to do what it's trying to do naturally, which is making more moisture to kind of allow the skin to look you know, more dewy and natural. It also allows for a lower risk of things like acne because acne is nothing more... Than a congested oil gland around the hair follicle. And then that feeds on itself. So by having that layer intact, it actually can be very powerful for adult acne or, or hormonal acne. I think that as I dialed into CBD, so cannabidiol is something that honestly, I started looking at more when I started seeing patients out in California. You and I first met it, at when a Scoop Summit, yeah. and now back, I think it was in 16, 2016 yeah. or so, uh, which is hard to believe. That's a, kind of like five years ago. But um, yeah, in, in any case, you and I, that I remember, we immediately, like, we saw eye to eye with each other and kind of clicked as brothers mm-hmm. from another mother. Yeah. But at For the sure. end of the day, when I look at just the global idea of CBD, that's really where it started because, you know, I had so many people I knew who were looking at CBD and frankly, THC for various things that were not just to quote unquote, you know, feel good or party, but rather for almost replacement therapy for different things. And so what I realized was a lot of people were in kind of a almost like a kitchen-style way, they were putting CBD to work for backaches or for various ailments. But mm-hmm. nobody really did any, to date even, until, until now, really hardcore clinical research to look at what can CBD do in regards to improving the appearance and health of the skin. I mean, there's a lot of reason why it makes sense that it should, because cannabidiol is actually a very powerful anti inflammatory agent. It allows for recovery of cell damage at a level that there, again, very few kind of elements on the planet can do. But what we wanted to do is really to apply a clinical trial, similar to what I would do for a clinical trial to look at a new filler or a new medical aesthetic device. And so, what we're finding, and again, we're waiting for our final, final data, but the preliminary data is off the charts. I mean, I've been around skincare and I've been involved in a lot of different products, even products that have nothing to do with with me. And this is truly, truly exciting. And we have an independent board of review of of other physicians, plastic surgeons, dermatologists who are looking at the data as you and I speak, actually but we, we just completed a big trial looking at this. So I just think it's gonna allow for really looking at skincare in a pro-rejuvenation way that is very new compared to where we were even a year ago. Wow,
0: beautiful. Let's, let's talk about the CBD effusion uh, spray that you have. I'm curious about that, how that works, how it's different, how it's used with the nano emulsion that you have.
1: Yeah, so that was really our first big the CBD product that that was launched as a result of our pilot study, and basically it's a it's a product that is is really easy to apply. It's a pump spray that actually I typically use after I travel. Um, it's a great way to. And again, I'm not trying to claim that it has an antiviral or antibacterial effect. Because we, we didn't study that, although there's some data to kind of suggest there may be benefits there. But what it definitely does do is obviously coming off of, for example, an airplane where it's dry and it's a harsh environment. It's a great way to revitalize. I use it after a workout. I have patients who use it to help them kind of with their sleeping habits. So mm-hmm. they'll actually spray it on their pillow. And then it's a great way to kind of work with the skin while they're sleeping. At the end of the day, the nanotechnology that is part of this, again, has the polyphenols combined with, with the CBD in a nano emulsion that actually goes on more or less like a true mist you spray. And then it just simply applies to the skin in a very effective way. You can use it multiple times a day. It can be used even if you have makeup on or if you don't have makeup on. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just, it's been probably one of our more dramatic things.
0: I love this. So can you dispel the myths when it comes to what a skincare routine should even look like? There's a lot of information online, Dr. Google, people don't know what to do. <laughs> Break down what a really solid, effective skincare routine should look like.
1: Well, I think it should be simple, number one. I think it should not be 20 steps. I think if you're looking at a skincare routine that involves 20 steps in the morning, 20 steps at night, which that does exist, it's kind of crazy to me. So what I look at is, you know, like you, we're we're busy. Mm -hmm. I want a routine that I know I can be like compliant and faithful with. So at the end of the day, it really should boil down to. Cleansing, but not over cleansing. So cleansing once or twice a day, depending on your skin type, if you have super dry skin, you probably don't need to cleanse more than once a day. Mm -hmm. Number two is the idea of adding to the moisture barrier of the skin. So you're not stripping away everything when you wash, but then once you're done washing, you're applying a medical grade moisturizer to the skin. And at the same time, being able to apply just either before or if your skin is very sensitive after one of the actives. So what I consider actives, and I'm not going to talk about our research product yet, because again, I want to wait until we get 100% of that data in. But the actives that I would talk about that are definitely clinically proven are vitamin C-based or ascorbic acid, which is amazing as a daytime application. Okay. Really can be used on all skin types. We actually formulated a version of vitamin C as a serum that is designed for either oily or dry skin, because you know, we all are different. And then for nighttime, using a retinoid. So retin-A was first developed initially at the University of Michigan, or the University of Michigan deserves credit. It's my alma mater, but University of Michigan deserves credit for doing the first really significant clinical trial, looking at Retin-A as a skin cancer treatment. And what they found when they were applying it around the eye area is that they were eliminating all the wrinkles. And it wasn't as effective a skin care treatment for cancer as it was for wrinkles. So the company subsequently marketed the product that way. The problem with Retin-A is that it is the most Kind of the unrefined version of the of the retinoids, so it's very harsh on some skin. It can make it red. It can make you actually break out. It's made me break out when I used Retin A when I was younger. So retinoids, as a, in a retinol form are further down the biochemical pathway. So they tend to eliminate the ingredients that will irritate the skin. Mm. And it goes on much easier than a typical retin-A. Besides the fact that it smells better, it doesn't change as much in the sun and so on. So retinol is a great product to use at night. And I tell people they can use it every night if you have more sensitive or dry skin every other, every third night. And then, of course, using a physical, like a micronized zinc oxide-based sunblock, and that can be in makeup or otherwise. But to me, that's really the core. And then, once a week, doing at-home exfoliation in the form of a scrub, or you, there are a bunch of different options, or going to, you know, a spa or your doctor's office for that. But once a week, as a just a reset. I typically recommend the same day. So you pick Friday or Saturday or Sunday, and then that's when you do it. But to me, that's really the core essence using toners as an example, which I, I actually hate toners, toners usually have a form of an astringent in them and they feel good in the sense that you think, oh, your skin is like tight and like squeaky clean. The yeah. problem is you've stripped away all that protective barrier we were talking about earlier, and you're over drying the skin. And it's unnecessary. So that's number one. I would say number two is the idea adding in other elements that are maybe not necessary, like different serums. Like people have a thousand different serums. To me, the serum really should be directed at a specific issue. So if somebody does have hyperpigmentation or rosacea, Fine, you may want to inject a serum in there as that extra step until that issue is less of an issue. But it should not be, in my opinion, a situation where you're doing these 20 things in a day.
0: So helpful. Well, I hear some people talking about an essence and how it makes some things more active. Do you feel like there's a place for essences or what are your thoughts on that?
1: I mean, they feel so essences feel good. So I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's more of that can be like almost, in my mind a, a treat or a, or a, if you will, a trial period application where mm-hmm. you do it for a few weeks. I think doing it, you know, as an everyday ritual, you're you're not necessarily helping to revitalize the skin, especially if somebody's older. So to me, I think we really have to look at, you know, number one, especially for women, as women are approaching their 40s where estrogen production really does kind of drop off, you really are at a place where the skin needs help. And because estrogen is such a natural, powerful Kind of it's part of that building block we were talking about earlier that actually helps to keep the skin in balance. So yeah. as estrogen starts to trail off, and especially postmenopausal, you really are at a place where you need to do something active. And the essence is really more of a, in my opinion, a feel-good mm-hmm. kind of additive. It's not hurting anything, but it's right. it's not necessarily targeting either.
0: Got it. All right. So one other thought that I had on something that you said was the retinol is should people look at certain percentages and sourcing? I use your retinol and your zinc oxide sunscreen, which I love both of those. But for people that are like out there looking, what percentages should they be looking for these things?
1: I I think 20% is kind of the entry point and you can find that easily, you know, online. Once you get into 50, 100%, those are kind of doctor prescribed, you really should kind of be under the watchful eye of somebody if you're using the higher levels, just because you can get some mild irritation or subtle changes to the skin, especially if your skin is a more sensitive skin. Mm -hmm. Or if you tend to spend a lot of time outside in the sun, they are going to be much more photosensitive. So... Most of my patients will do, you know, 50%, but that's because they're, you know, they're checking it.
0: Got it. I see on the market, a lot of retinol alternatives or different botanicals that mimic have similar benefits, or is that the same thing as retinol for, for someone like myself, it's not in skincare. What's that look like?
1: So like cabucles is one example. Um, I'm a fan of that as well. I think it's not as potent. It's a great product. For example, our I'm involved in a health and wellness club, which, by the way, I got to get you out and get you involved, especially as we look to we're looking to open one in, in Los Angeles. So, love that. I, and I know we didn't talk about this, so I just it made me remember as we're talking. But so we use the Kabuko for Kabuko for actually our club where we have people who obviously are showering multiple times a day. Their skin may be a bit more sensitive and they want an entry level option before going to retinol because retinol is, it's still, it's a serious medication. So this is a nice alternative. It definitely works synergistically in a way that mimics kind of what a retinoid would do, Um, Mm -hmm. but it's just not, it's not as intense. So I definitely think there's a place for those agents as well
0: you struggle with gas, bloating, constipation, heartburn, IBS, any digestive problem. These things are sadly so common that many people believe they're a normal part of life. But with 70 to 80% of your immune system living in your gut, any stomach disruption could mean you're leaving yourself vulnerable. The trillions of bacteria in your gut, known as the microbiome, are absolutely critical for your overall health. They break down food, teach your body how to recognize threats, and supports your optimal immune system. Feeling your best requires that you have as much good bacteria living in your gut as possible. And unfortunately, it doesn't take much to deplete your microbiome diversity. Stress, just one round of antibiotics, poor food choices, exposure to chemicals like glyphosate, or a viral infection can all really do a number on your gut health. That's why I'm a big fan of Just Thrive Probiotic. I recently had Just Thrive's founder and microbiologist on the podcast. You have to check that out. They're a wealth of knowledge on all things gut health, so make sure to check out that episode. Just Thrive Probiotic is vastly different because of one word, survivability. See, most probiotics die well before they ever get to the gut. Even the supposedly special probiotics in the refrigerated section are, in effect, dead on arrival many times. This makes sense. If a probiotic can't survive at room temperature, how the heck can it possibly survive your 98.6 degree body temperature? Just Thrive probiotic is different because their proprietary strains are designed to survive. When they sense the conditions are about to get tough, They put up a natural endospore shell, which acts like an impenetrable coating. This allows the strains to pass through your stomach acid that's strong enough to dissolve metal and endure the bile and enzymes of your digestive tract, which pulverize most travelers on contact to arrive fully intact in your intestines and ready to go to work. In fact, studies have proven that Just Thrive Probiotic arrives in your gut 100% alive, delivering maximum digestive and immune health benefits. Personally, I've been loving Just Thrive Probiotic. I add it to my daily routine- and it's really such a great product. For exceptional gut and immune support, there's nothing like Just Thrive Probiotic. To get 15% off your order today, go to justthrivehealth.com and use promo code WILLCOLLE at checkout. Again, that's justthrivehealth.com and use promo code WILLCOLLE at checkout. Many of my patients ask me, what snacks I recommend. They want something easy, convenient. They can put in their bag. They can have on like a quick break at work, or then maybe they're getting that PM slump of energy. One snack that I love are the beef sticks from my friends at Paleo Valley. I've been having them for a long time and they have some amazing flavors that I know you will love. And if you avoid meat for environmental reasons or for health reasons you're thinking that it's not healthy, let me shed light on this topic because you're going to love Paleo Valley's grass-fed and finished beef sticks. Every time you enjoy one of these beef sticks, you can feel confident that you're doing your part to put an end to inhumane factory farms that negatively Impact the environment. Instead, the beef included in Paleo Valley's beef sticks come from small American owned farms that practice rotational. Grazing. Rotational grazing is when farmers literally rotate the pastures in which their cows graze. So they aren't feeding on the same soil forever, depleting its nutrients. Instead, by rotating the soil on which they graze, the cows help increase the nutrient density of the soil to put carbon back into the soil where it belongs. And did you know that companies can claim their beef is grass-fed as long as it was fed grass at some point in its life. That's freaking messed up. Oftentimes, the cows will be finished on grain, but are still marketed as grass-fed. And did you also know that meat can be marked American-made as long as it was packaged in America, meaning it could be flown in from anywhere around the world. As long as it is packaged in the United States, it can be marked as if it was raised in America. Paleo Valley grass-fed beef sticks are the real deal. They are sourced from 100% grass-fed and finished cows that are never fed grains or harmful antibiotics. And they come from small, family-owned farms right here in the USA. They also have higher levels of B vitamins like thiamine, riboflavin, as well as fat-soluble vitamins like A, D, E, and K, these fat-soluble vitamins enhance mineral and protein absorption and are believed to protect against cardiovascular disease. Head on over to paleovalley.com and enter code Dr. Will at checkout for 15% off your first order. Again, that's paleovalley.com, enter code Dr. Will D-R-W-I-L-L, all one word, no punctuation, no space, for 15% off your first order. All right, let's talk about stackable treatments. I love this term that you have coined. It's very descriptive, and, but I think revolutionary. I think it's really the future of aesthetics. So can you talk about what is stackable treatments for people that are unaware?
1: So the stackable treatments concept, to be honest, started with me just doing some work on a weekend. And my, my boys at the time, I have two, two boys are now teenagers, but two boys at the time that were very young. And they were playing with, like, the stacking blocks in front of me as I was working. And I realized what I had been doing was stacking non-surgical treatments, especially for my out-of-town patients. So I would have people come in and say, I don't want to have surgery. This goes back, this is going back 12 years. I don't want to have surgery, but I want a surgery-like result. How can I get there? And then I just I dropped back into kind of my mad scientist hat and ultimately realized, wait a minute, if we look at cosmetic treatment, we're really targeting the skin. We're targeting volume loss in the skin that happens in a predictable way. And then we're targeting sagging or drooping of of the facial and neck tissue. So there are non-surgical technologies for all of those issues. Laser for skin. We have fillers, whether it's fat or the the off-the-shelf, like Juvederm, Restylane, RHA, our fillers. And then for sagging, we had either Ulthera or then the thread lifting technique I, I subsequently kind of refined and developed. And so what ultimately I realized, especially going back then, many people were only doing one modality at a time. So the the prevailing thought, again, you have to go back 12, 15 years. The prevailing thought was, if you put a filler in, you can't laser at the same time because the laser would melt the filler. Hmm. We've since, myself and other colleagues, have disproven that. So, But part of that kind of evolution was me looking at and proving clinically that I could inject a filler, do laser and lift non-surgically in the same setting. And that was honestly out of, you know, what's, what's the same necessity as the mother of all invention. I had people who I was seeing either, you know, out of town or in Chicago who were flying in, who said, look, I'm trying to do this, get as much done as I can. Can you just do it all? And then I realized, you know, through the research that I did, that yes we could so this became like a really powerful thing and so since then over the last decade i've really built on it and i've built on it from the standpoint of looking at how we age over time and so i have series of patients i've been prospectively following who i've been treating for a decade non surgically mm-hmm. and ultimately what we're doing is we're suspending an animation their look So what, and and again, that's why it's so important to not over-treat because if you just slightly under-treat, so I like to treat to about 85% of a given issue. So say somebody feels like they have a little jowling or their cheeks are sagging a little bit. That's an area where I will try to correct it to maybe 80, 85%, but then hold it there. And so what is so interesting that even shocked, it honestly shocked me is the reality that as you're holding they actually are aging into it even better so it's almost like a patina for that person so they look natural but yet they're just aging into this reality in in such a beautiful way that looks very very natural and at the same time what's happening is it is really limiting the indication to do something surgical. So my belief, and this is gonna upset my plastic surgery colleagues to no end, and I know it does every time I say this at a meeting, but I do believe that plastic surgery is like cardiac surgery. We are gonna get to a point where open heart surgery or like facelifts are very rare. And that's gonna be because of this stackable concept that I developed. That others have built on and frankly have taken it to a whole nother level. And then we're going to see really the idea. I believe your kids, my kids are that generation. They're going to look at it and say, can you believe somebody had surgery to look better? that's
0: going to happen. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This is really awesome to hear. So let's break down, if you don't mind, some of the things that really are exciting to you, what your clients are loving with this stackable treatment protocol that you're doing. So can we talk about some of the, let's start with the peels. Like what are some of the peels that you feel like people are really, really loving at this, at this time?
1: yeah so i would say that overall in terms of this the parts that my patients are so excited about then i'll answer the peel question but the the part that really has gotten you know folks excited especially now i'm in my los los angeles practice at this moment but honestly probably the biggest deal has been around the thread lifting um, Interesting. that is a huge, that's been a huge thing where I've had people fly in from even, even outside the country to get it done by me. But I think at the end of the day, what I am seeing is it's a kind of paradigm shift of how we look at rejuvenation in a nat quote unquote, natural way. So that's incredibly exciting. Can you break
0: that down? Like what the thread lifting looks like for people that are unaware of it?
1: Yeah. So that's red lifting basically uses a it's, it's just like it sounds, but it uses a surgical grade suture material that is clear, that is made up of a fermentation process from natural sugars that actually dissolves over the course of nine to 12 months naturally. And as it dissolves. It uh, actually goes undergoes a change where it develops collagen in place of it, which is great because we lose about 1% of our collagen every year. And so it actually helps to build and replace. But what it's basically doing is it's placed by a very fine needle that's not actually sharp that actually then allows for almost, I, I describe it to my patients as like an internal Velcro. So it's just, I simply by placing it strategically, you can lift the skin and it just stays there. Mm-hmm. And so the art is figuring out where to place, how to place so that it stays in the most effective way. But at last, the results with the particular technique, it's inverso suspension is what I've called it actually lasts for two to three years. So it's oh. a natural, and then you can build on it in between in terms of if there are other concerns. Wow. But that's basically the process. It's done without surgery. It's done without the need for anesthesia other than local anesthesia. And you know, treatments take 30 minutes or so.
0: Amazing. Is there any downtime at all other than the procedure itself?
1: You can get a little dimple. Theoretically, you can get a bruise, although bruising is probably less than 10%. And if those happen, then theoretically, you'll have a spot where if somebody looked closely, they would say something happened for a couple days. Got uh, it. It's usually not longer than that.
0: Beautiful. All right. Let's go into these other things that are exciting you. In addition to the threading, what peels, lasers are people really yeah.
1: loving yeah, so the peels, the peel that has been a game changer at, at the Fu Institute has been the VI peel. Uh, VI peel is actually a peel that uh, was developed actually in California as well. That organization, that company is a family-owned uh, company. They're doing some great things in terms of really looking at areas that have not been looked at before, such as skin of color. And looking at peels, because really peel technology was designed with kind of just one skin type in mind initially. Mm -hmm. So this is exciting. I love that peel because it's good for all skin types. It's great as a product that actually helps to deal with pigment on the skin in a in, in a way that I've not seen before. I love also that it falls into my kind of that botanical thought process that I talked about. So yeah. I've talked to Myra who is the, is the principal at that organization. And so I've met with her. And so she very much so agrees with that philosophy. So the peels are great in that category. I would say in terms of lasers, the big game changer for sure, it's like an iPhone, we were dealing with iPhone 7, now we've got iPhone 12, is Moxie and BBL Hero. So Moxie and BBL Hero represent truly, truly next level laser technology in the sense that it can be applied by a nurse or physician's assistant or physician very safe and effectively in a very rapid way. So this is a laser that is four times faster than the next kind of competing laser. So the treatment times, you can treat a face and a neck and chest in about seven minutes. It is a laser that avoids what we call skip areas. So traditional lasers that are slower, if you don't move it perfectly, you'll get an area where you don't treat it. Mm-hmm. And so it's a patch that can be, it's almost like a patchwork. Mm-hmm. For any, anybody in our, in our industry, you have seen, you'll see patients who have like a regular pigment or patchwork because they had a laser done by less than an expert doing it. Got it. This takes that component out of the equation. It delivers because it's so incredibly fast. It delivers the treatment super evenly, even if you're moving fast. So you'll see like a video, we've made a video because we helped develop the technology, but you literally are rubbing it over the skin, just like you would like a squeegee down like a window that you're cleaning with with the Windex. And it's so fast and comfortable for the patient, but what it also does is it delivers a result that normally would have taken four or five treatments in one or two treatments. So it's it's more aggressive, easier to manage, and much more predictable. So that combination of Moxi BBL Hero, Hero standing for high uh, high emission these are game changer technologies what do people notice or what are
0: the main reasons why people are getting something like that laser
1: so for bbl hero it's for the reds and browns on the skin so okay. for people who have fairer skin you know or wrinkle fine lines wrinkles pores that are a little larger bbl hero is the game changer got it uh, or or enlarged capillaries The Moxie is safe for all skin types. So, you know, I have a very diverse faculty or staff in my office. So for skin that is as dark as mine, Moxie can be used very safely, very effectively to help give the skin the best way I can describe. And I remember walking into my office when we first brought a prototype in and my nurse, I have two nurses who are outstanding. They, They treated each other. And I literally, and they didn't tell me, I love but that. so I walked in and I looked and I, I was looking at them and, and I said, do you, do you, why are you wearing so much makeup today? And so, <laughs> and so they looked at me and they said, we don't have any makeup on. We just did, we did the moxie and, and it, their skin looked so matte. I mean, it was, it looked, I mean, they take care of their skin obviously, but it looked So flawlessly matte that I just I I was I was blown away and they just did one treatment. So it's really that's exciting for me that there's a the the laser technology that actually works for all this different skin types. That that's exciting to me. And then the other the other thing that ties in with this will is really a concept I would and I forgot to mention earlier, but I'd love to touch on, which is really. I believe state of the art and as significant as my stackable development, you know, going back a decade, and that is four dimensional beauty. And so, as you know, I take care of a number of people who are are actors for a living. And Mm -hmm. so, what has become very clear to me through that experience is why is it that I can see somebody in person versus what I may be seeing on in a movie theater and a magazine. And they can look so different they can look actually more attractive or less attractive and, and depending on that in-person encounter and what i've realized is it's due to that fourth dimension in the fourth dimension is relative microscopic changes over time so when we're animating with one another what happens is our if you and i've done little video studies where i'll take a series of 30 second video vignettes and then i'll use a validated scale to rate volume change wrinkles on the face and so on at different like cuts of of a frame on that video which is only 30 seconds but i can literally come up with a hundred different grades depending on their level of animation what that is telling us is that Strategically, when we do some of the things that we do, whether it's surgical or non-surgical, we have to realize and think about that element of change over time. So, for example, one of the biggest reasons why overfilling a cheek or overfilling a face with filler Mm -hmm. can make somebody look crazy or off, off is because that fourth dimension is off. Because if you put in enough filler, the face does not animate naturally. And so then you get into this thing that actually can make somebody, even though they don't have a wrinkle or a fold, they look less attractive. So that's been a big breakthrough for me in terms of looking at, wait a minute, fillers can actually behave like Botox, number Mm. one, which people don't really realize, but fillers can definitely behave like Botox when you don't want it to. And then the second part of that is that really the skin behavior is so important with regards to that element of movement mm-hmm. because the way our skin moves changes the way the light hits the face yeah. and ultimately projects an image.
0: Fascinating. Something that you and Gwenneth have told me about over the past year or so, I've, I've learned about it through you guys, is ziamen Tell me about that and why you're a fan of that.
1: Yeah, so I... Uh, Gwyneth and I started kind of talking about this a number of years ago, probably shortly after her first health summit. And it kind of got her curiosity going because of the fact that it doesn't have hemagglutinin based proteins included. Why is that important? Hemagglutinin proteins that are typically found in various forms of the, the botulinum toxin type A that is used that makes a Botox, Dysport, Xeomin, and now Jubo, the the element, the only one that doesn't have those proteins included is Xeomin. And the reason why the proteins were initially included was the thought when the product was first developed, was that the proteins would help to allow it to remain stable once it's injected. Mm. Um, and so that the enzymes that normally circulate in our body would not break down the product. What has been found is that really, there's really no issue with breakdown. The only issue of breakdown happens is if it's ingested. So the, the proteins are designed to protect the toxin if you take it by mouth and you get botulism. Mm-hmm. We're not doing that. And this is, a, this is only an active ingredient. It's not the bacteria that's part of it, which is another question I get all the time is why would I inject botulism into my skin? You're not doing that. That's not what we're doing. So the ability to eliminate those proteins, what that translates to is someone who tends to be a bit more sensitive. They have a sensitive diet. They have a sensitivity to things they put on their skin. That will definitely be an indication to do Xeomin. And actually, one of my very best friends, his wife, uh, who lives in Atlanta, you know, I I treated her with Xeomin when she would react to every other product uh, under the sun, and she did great with it. And that was really my first indicator of, wait a minute, this is a bit of a game changer. And it fits into Gwyneth's kind of mode of, don't give me stuff I don't need. And and so that's kind of the core essence of it.
0: Thank you for that. Before we get into the rapid fire, I want to shed light on the amazing work that you're doing with your nonprofit, with the inner city youth in Chicago. Can you tell us about the exciting stuff you're doing there?
1: Yeah, well thank, thanks, Will. I, I appreciate it. and you you've been supportive of me as we've gone along. So the Few Initiative for Children is a not-for-profit that I started about eight years ago. And, you know, I faced certain challenges when I was younger. And I realized that I had been I've been very blessed, very fortunate in my in my life, certainly professionally and and otherwise. And so I wanted to create a vehicle that would allow for give back to those who are certainly bright, deserving in inner city Chicago to give them a platform. So I created this ambassadorship that in exchange for helping our organization develop social civic programs that will help hundreds of youth, that we will help send them to college. First year we started out, we could only handle uh, basically, four ambassadors who've since gone on to graduate and are doing great things. All four of them, but this year we have fourteen, and they they each touch on average several hundred kids. And so, by touch, meaning they are helping to put together programs, whether it relates to police violence and kind of the dangers of that. Chicago's obviously had a challenge there and gun violence. To things such as uh, childhood homelessness, uh, which is a major issue. I mean, there are literally somewhere between fifty and seventy thousand kids in the city of Chicago who would register as homeless, uh, and and so on. So, and even to more basic things that a lot of people take for granted, like sustainable foods. Yeah. Um, how to look at that and how to look at the impact of that relative to your longevity and health. So in mental health, They've wanted, we just had a workshop two Saturdays ago, and one of our ambassadors is developing a mental health program that we're going to help support. And how we help support is basically our board pulls leaders in those given areas from our community and then they help are the Museum of Contemporary Art in Chicago, uh, where I'm, I'm a trustee, but the museum has taken this by the horns. And so they have create, helped me create different programs that actually are helping youth. The museum actually allows everybody under the age of 18, regardless of your background, to come in for free. And to experience the programs that the museum has to offer that normally, you know, there's a significant cost for. So it's tied to these kinds of things Mm. that really I am particularly proud and excited about. And my bottom line hope is that it just it shows other people how they can do their part just to help society as a whole. That's that's really the big part. Yeah. Uh,
0: Beautiful work. Beautiful work. All right, my friend, are you ready for a rapid fire that you've never, one like you've never seen before? (laughs) I'm ready. All right, let's go into it. If you could choose just one food for survival, so we're talking about nutrient density, you had to survive in a desert, an island, what would that food be?
1: Uh, It would be a tie between watermelon and honeydew melon. I, I, it. I would do I would pick a melon. I would pick a melon.
0: Love it. Hydration. Number two, if you had to eat one food for the rest of your life, regardless of health, so purely on taste, what would that be? Eggs. Love it. Nature's multivitamin. That's what I call egg yolks. <laughs> uh, okay. What are two supplements that have been the biggest game changers for maybe your life or one of your patients lives as well?
1: I would say uh, vitamin D and uh, the B complex that I take every day. Those have been game changers for me.
0: Love it. What is your latest non-food, non-supplement wellness tool, or even like a biohack if you're into that? Like, what is something that's really exciting you right now?
1: You know, honestly, yoga, meditation have been my, they, that's been a game changer for me. It, it has helped with, you know, like I, I dealt with a father who's is quite ill. Um, it has helped with that. It's helped with a lot of different things in terms of just my work life. So I love, I love yoga meditation as a, as a combo pack.
0: Beautiful. So what is one wellness brand, whether that be a food or snack or, or a product that you've really been digging lately?
1: You know, I, I like the simplicity of, and I have no relation to them, but I believe it's pure one. Is it pure? okay pure one pure, pure one? I may be saying it wrong, but that's a supplement brand that has been really interesting. Um, I've been reading, and I'm not saying it just because you're you're talking to me, but your book, I've loved. Uh, the intuitive fasting and and certainly the inflammatory book before that thank you book before, but really focusing on thinking about things that don 't feel as good to me, for example you know i i've i 've been much more careful with tomato based things um, just because it doesn't feel as good to me and and I understand a bit more about why so yes. it's kind of it's it's that to me has been, I've never thought about any of this until honestly, probably you and I met at 16.
0: Well, oh, thanks, my friend. If you could use only one skincare product and recommend one, what would that be?
1: A hundred percent, it would be the, the gentle cleanser that we came up with our, in our 4A line. It, again, a toss-up, I'd say the gentle cleanser or the CBD mist. Those two, If I, it'd be hard to pick which yeah. one. But I would, those are my go-tos on every day.
0: Perfect. All right. So what, last question, what is one book that maybe, and I appreciate you saying mine too, so thank you. But uh, maybe one additional book that you've read in the past year that has really been inspirational for you?
1: You know, probably the book that is truly inspirational. That's a tough one because I love read. I read a lot. I would say in the last, well, so I just read my good friend Sunil Gupta's backable book, which was great. And I think it, it delivered such inspiration, especially because I've known him since he was 12 years old. Wow! Um, but I, I would say that it's a toss up, but the book that I keep going back to is uh, Malcolm Gladwell's book, yeah. uh, Blink. Blink yes, is great just, book. just, I've read it probably four or five times I, I get something from it every time I read it. Thoroughly enjoyable, thoroughly kind of self-educating on and maybe a way that we look at things that we were not even consciously aware of. So that would be it. I love it.
0: My friend, Dr. Few, Julius, thanks for being on the podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me. And keep up the great work, my friend. Likewise. All right, thanks.
0: At the end of every episode, I'll be answering a question from one of you guys. Nothing is off limits. Ask me anything. And you can send your questions over to me on Instagram or Facebook. As a functional medicine practitioner, it's been fun seeing the questions that have come in on different food philosophies, wellness trends, and ways to approach overall mental, emotional, and physical health and well-being. Thanks for those. And I'm looking forward to seeing what else is on your mind. Now it's time for another Ask Me Anything. This question came in from Instagram and it's from Alexandra. She asks, hi, Dr. Cole. Hope you're well. Your work has been life-changing for me and I adore the podcast. Why, thank you, Alexandra. Here's a question I have for Ask Me Anything. What are some of the best ways to lower cortisol? I've tried supplements and lifestyle changes and nothing is making a significant impact on my levels. I was finally able to lower my HSCRP, her high sensitivity C-reactive protein, which is an inflammation test of greater than 10 after over a year of trying. Great job, Alexander. Would love your expert opinion. Thank you so much for everything you do. Well, thank you so much, Alexander, for the kind words. All right, so she's asking how to lower cortisol and she has a history of high inflammation markers Her high high sensitivity C-reactive protein uh, greater than 10. And again, the optimal range for HSCRP is under one. So I'd be curious, Alexandra, of where your inflammation level markers are at now Uh, inflammation is for people that are newer to this conversation. It's the commonality between just about every health problem under the sun, autoimmune conditions, metabolic issues, even brain health issues are all associated in the research with higher inflammation markers. HSCRP is just one way to measure inflammation. Certainly it should not be like the totality of inflammation levels in somebody's body should not be reduced to just measuring HSCRP. There are many people that are in a high inflammatory state that have normal HSCRP. So it's just one protein that is pro-inflammatory. It's a common protein to measure. It should be looked at and and get and we should attract that over time, but reducing inflammation to just HSCRP isn't in, inadequate, to say the least. It is a surrogate lab for different interleukins, which are pro-inflammatory cytokines, pro-inflammatory cells. So it's a great test and it's very accessible for people. It is a test that I run for people, but I want to look at it more comprehensively. But the fact, Alexandra, that you got HSCRP down, this inflammation marker down, great idea. Great job. I'm really proud of you. But look, let's look at the context of this. Cortisol, she's asking how to get cortisol down. Cortisol is a hormone that our adrenal glands secrete. It kind of gets a bad rap, right? I mean, people equate it with like weight gain around your midsection or stress hormones. Yes, that's all true. It's high cortisol for too long, just like inflammation that's too high for too long isn't good. It's about Homeostasis, it's about proper balance of these things. They're not inherently bad. It's about what is the body trying to tell us and what is the body trying to do with these biochemical messengers, these hormones or proteins that it's using to regulate something in the body. So, cortisol is not inherently bad. It's needed for regulation of a lot of different things in the body. But one of them is it's an endogenous immunosuppressant, meaning it's a natural, your body makes it lower of the immune system. It, it is a anti-inflammatory. I bought your body's own natural anti-inflammatory hormone that your adrenal glands secretes. So in a state of inflammation, i.e. high sensitivity C-reactive protein or other types of interleukin cytokines, you would expect cortisol to be high. So when I look at cortisol rhythm, and these are tests that I run for people around the world. Again, my day job is I'm running a telehealth center Every day, and we're looking at inflammation markers and we're looking at hormones. And you wanna look, make sure you're putting the hormone test in context with the totality of that person's health. So if you see cortisol high, it's kind of understandable if you have a history of high inflammation, even though it's improved, Alexandra, and I'm so happy for you. But if it's not entirely optimal, meaning it's trending in the right direction, but HSCRP still a bit on the higher side, it's not under one, which is where we want the inflammation marker. And you would expect cortisol to be a bit higher because it's more of that sympathetic, fight or flight, stressed state. And I don't mean necessarily mental, emotional stress, even though that can raise inflammation levels too, but physiological stress. So I would ask you, Alexandra, let's figure out, what's spiking the inflammation? Why is HSCRP high? That is like the check engine light on the car. We know something's going on, but why? Why is the body creating inflammation? Is there some sort of chronic infection that's going on? Is it something in the gut? Is it some sort of viral or mycotoxin issue? Is it some sort of dysregulation of the immune system? Let's figure out what it is. Because when you deal with the upstream root issue of what's driving inflammation, cortisol can calm down. Now, there is a place for adaptogenic herbs and different natural compounds to help modulate the HPA axis, the brain adrenal axis. That's the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis there's a place for it. And I love adaptogens. Uh, I love holy basil or tulsi. I love ashwagandha. I love rhodiola. These are great adaptogenic herbs to help modulate and support the brain adrenal axis to regulate cortisol. So if cortisol is really high or really low, it has a sort of regulatory effect. They also can, many of the adaptogens have some natural anti-inflammatory support as well. So um, I use those in blends for patients. I mean, for people that aren't patients, just to give you a few things that we have at drwillcull.com. There's the brain adrenal balancer that has ashwagandha and different adaptogens. There's Holy Mane that I formulated uh, that's at drwillcull.com too that has Marine Collagen and Pearl. Pearl is considered in traditional Chinese medicine to have adaptogenic uh, support. And there is Holy Youth, which has Tulsi or Holy Basil and Pearl as well. Uh, so I love these for patients and people that are just looking to get things on their own that don't necessarily need a functional medicine doctor. Uh, there's some options there, drwillcole.com. But look, the bigger question here for me, if I'm putting my clinician hat on, is to figure out what is driving the inflammation that's causing cortisol to be higher in the first place. So adaptogens can be a great tool to calm stress levels, to boost your mood, to regulate your hormones, and there's a place for that. But ultimately, if something's persistently elevated and not coming down, even if it's trending in the right direction, I want to go upstream and ask why, what is going on here? Why is somebody have persistently high HSCRP? Cause it's kind of like the guard dogs. That's, that's, uh, seeing the burglar come in. You don't want the guard dog to just stare at the burglar and wag its tail. You want the dog to have the proper response. That's the same way with Cortisol in a state of inflammation. If high chronic inflammation is the burglar, you want cortisol to come up and have the appropriate response. So sometimes, like when I see high inflammation levels for people and then really low cortisol, they think, oh my gosh, like that's a good thing, right? No. So you want your body to regulate inflammation. You want the proper regulatory checks and balance here. You want to calm the inflammation, but you also want your brain to speak to your adrenal glands appropriately so you can have proper cortisol rhythm throughout the day, which you need for energy levels, and you need to regulate blood sugar and regulating inflammation. So hope this gave you some perspective on what I'm thinking of as I'm reading your questions, Alexandra. Great question.